1. It says, After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has come a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. The merchants of these things, this is verse 15, who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who traveled by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? This isn't going to be a shouting message. But the Lord has a word, I believe. Pastor Hildebrand, would you please pray over the word? Lord, in your precious and holy name, God, we come before you and we thank you for what is about to go forth through your vessel this morning, your manservant. God, I pray that you would use him mightily. God, I pray against every hindrance and distraction in this place. God, I pray that he would have complete and total liberty to deliver your word and your counsel as you have laid it upon his heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I have a quick thought this morning. And it's going to line up, and it was confirmed partly by what the Taylor family preached on Wednesday. We're going to be in a similar vein. And it was awesome on Wednesday night. And so I was reading this text, and I'm not going to get into, obviously this is talking about the end times. I'm not going to get into all that. I don't, we don't have time to get into that anyway. But this text that we just read talks about the fall of the great city Babylon, and it says uh, that many, all of the nations had been drunk of the wine of her fornication. It was a city built with fine linen, purple, scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. It was built to be beautiful. It was built to be pleasing to the eye. And the thing about us as human beings, no matter who we are, no matter what we have done, no matter what title we have, the world is built to entice us. When we are born, we're born with five senses. We have eyes to see. We have a nose to smell. We have a, a tongue to taste. We have ears to hear. And we learn throughout our young life to trust our senses. Our parents tell us, don't touch that stove. Why? It's hot. And of course, what do we want to do? We want to touch it. And then when we touch it, we feel it and it's hot. And we learn to trust our senses. We learn to trust our sight. 
We learn to trust what we feel. We learn to trust our emotions. And so what the enemy does, we are at a disadvantage because he knows how to put things in our sight. He knows how to uh, allow things to feel good. He knows what makes us feel good, and he knows what we desire. Matter of fact, from the very beginning, Eve, the Bible says, she looked upon the fruit. And she saw that the fruit was good. The enemy came to her and he lied to her and he enticed her. And he will come and he will lie and try to entice us and say that what's out there is better than what's in here. And if we are not grateful, if we do not hold on to what God has done for us, if we do not hold on to our joy, if we do not continue to bless him for what he brought us out of, if we don't remember what slavery and Egypt was like and we begin to think back and get enticed by the things that are in the world we will fall and we will go back into the things God delivered us from this whole city was built to be pleasing to the eye and to entice and the Bible says in verse 3 for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, I looked up the, ver- the word all. It means all. It means everybody. <laughs> Praise God. I'm on somebody. And that's, that's a scary thing because we can look out and everybody's doing it. All the nations are going one direction. Everybody, no matter where you go, are going in one direction and doing one thing and are of one mind. And we can look and get spiritual FOMO. Fear of missing out, praise God. We look and we say, what if I give it up? What if... I rebuke it all. What if I walk away from the career? What if I walk away from the things that I was taught and I was raised? What if I walk away from my tradition? What if I don't do what everyone else is doing? I'll be missing out. And the enemy knows how to make it look so good. See, they're happy. And you're just miserable trying to live like that. You're just miserable trying to just follow God. Look at them. They are so happy. They have so much peace. God is doing, they've got all kinds of things in their life that the enemy is giving them. And and, and you can have it if you just go and do what they're doing. If you don't listen to the man of God. If you go ahead and do your own thing. But I came to tell you that at the end of the day, Jesus is coming back. And when Jesus comes back, the world will not be able to stand against him. When Jesus comes back, this world is going to pass away. And if you are attached to this world, you're going to go with it. I refuse to go down with this world. said that the p- 
people would be on a boat. And they'll be looking out at the city. And say, took us years to build this massive monstrosity, this beautiful thing. And in one moment, it all goes away. Listen, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain this whole world and to lose his soul? You can't take anything with you on the other side. Now, I love the British. They make me laugh. You know why they make me laugh? That too. But they make me laugh because they went and colonized this country called Egypt. Praise the Lord. And they found, God bless you, they found, they found these pyramids, right? And they looked in there and they said, there's all kinds of stuff in these pyramids. Why? Because 4,000 years ago, there were some pharaohs that had this idea. They knew they had to die. So they said, listen, I want you to get all my stuff. And I want you to put it in a tomb with me so that when I die, I can take my stuff into the afterlife. And then these British people found all this stuff and said, you know what? We're going to take all this stuff and put it in a museum. You can't take nothing with you to the other side. And if you try, it's going to end up in a British museum. You can't take nothing with you that you own and that you have. When you stand before God, it's not going to be with your bank account. It's not going to be with your family. It's not going to be with your friends. It's not going to be with your servants. It's not going to be with your employer or your employee. There is going to be nothing but you and God. And you're going to have to stand and give God an account for your life. And I, I don't want to go and see God and say, God, I'm attached to the thing that you're about to judge. What happened with Lot's wife? God came and he said, I'm passing judgment on Sodom. And he gave Lot's wife an opportunity to get out of the judgment. But Lot's wife was so attached to the life that she had back in Sodom that even in the midst of the judgment, she turned around and she looked because she wanted something that was back there in Sodom. I don't want anything that bad that I'm willing to die for it and to be destroyed. Real quickly. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And I'm going to read it. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life it's not of the father but it is of this world and the world is passing away 
which you desire so much is passing away. That which you're willing to throw away a relationship with God over is passing away. That which you are making excuses for is going to pass away. And the lust of it is going to pass away. But he who does the will of God abides forever. The only thing that matters is what we do for God. The only thing that matters is that we do the will of God. The only thing that matters is that we obey his will. If I don't ever make a million dollars, I believe somebody in here, the word has gone forth that there will be millionaires. If it's not me, so be it. If it's not me, if I don't ever preach at NAYC, so be it. If I don't ever get invited to their conferences, so be it. I don't want to be invited to any conferences. I don't want to be on any flyers. I don't want to, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to do the will of God. If I don't ever make it to the top of the, of the ladder, if I don't ever have what I think that I should have, it doesn't matter as long as I've got Jesus on my side. He is enough. Hebrews chapter number 10, 24 through 25, and I'm... Jumping through these scriptures, I apologize. It says in verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but extorting one another. Extorting, exhorting. We don't want to extort each other. Praise the Lord. Don't do that. Somebody fix that in the tape. So much the more as you see the day approaching. So it says, come to the church. As you see the day approaching. The day is approaching, saints. Come into the house of God. It says, consider one another to stir up. That word stir up, I looked that word stir up. And in the... King James, it says, to provoke. That is correct. It's contention, provoke unto, inciting or incitement, irritation, a provocation, literally jabs or cuts to someone so that they would respond. The man of God has been preaching from this pulpit some things that are designed to provoke us. To jab us. And that doesn't always feel good. It does not. You know, we, we are willing to shout over a word. I'm, I'm with you. I get a word and it's a good word and I'm just. Just lay me out on the floor. Praise God. But I've gotten some words lately. And I'm like, God, I ain't want to hear that. Can we be honest today? Sometimes we get words that we don't want to hear. Sometimes our flesh is struggling with what God is telling us to do. And we need the man of God to provoke us. 
And the enemy will try to get us to say, why do you keep going there Sunday after Sunday just to get provoked, just to be angry, just to hear a word? And, and the enemy will try to say, oh, there they go again, preaching the same old thing. But we have got to come into the house of God. And when the man of God or when the Joshua team is preaching a word that hits us the wrong way, we've got to know that that's there to provoke us, not just to provoke us to get on our nerves, not just to provoke us to irritate us, but the Bible says to provoke us to love and good works. Thank God for a man of God that is not going to sit there and let us be comfortable in our sin. But if he sees sin in the body of Christ, he will provoke you. He will push you. He will, he will put a sharp end into you to provoke you to get to good works. It is a good thing to serve God. It is a good thing to honor God. It is a good thing to remain unspotted from the world. Because what John was told to say was come out of her, my people. There was action that was required. God is requiring something out of us. God is requiring action from each and every one of us. And sometimes we need to be provoked because we can just be chilling sometimes and sitting there and coasting. And God is not looking for saints to coast in this last hour. He's got a destination for us. And he's got something that he wants to do. And we cannot be attached. There cannot be a breach. One more verse. John 6, 66 through 69. Give a little bit of background. I've got a few more minutes. Jesus had just said the whole, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood. And I can't imagine sitting in, and no one's ever heard this before. We know Bishop is taught on that and he expounded upon it. But imagine hearing that for the first time. You're like, well, Jesus, what is you talking about? This is, that's not, that's the, you know, they teach, people teach people how to public speak. That's not, I don't think, in the rules of public speaking. What are you talking about, Jesus? And they, they looked at Jesus, and many of them, it says in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also we have come to believe and know that you are Christ, the son of the living God. Where else are we going to go? These are the words of eternal life. 
These are the words that if you live by these words, you can receive eternal life. There is no place that I would rather be. And there are some times that the word hits me the wrong way. There are some times where I'm struggling with the word. There are some times where I've got to be in my prayer closet and say, God, I don't understand it. But where else am I going to go? I have no choice but to trust you. You've never let me down before. And if you said it, I trust you. I don't know why I've got to go through the fire. But if I go through the fire, I'll know that you'll walk with me. I don't know why I have to go through this pain. But if I know that I got to go through the pain, you're a very present help in the time of trouble. And so I came here today to exhort you that if you've made some commitments we've been there's been some hard messages that have been coming over this pulpit there have been some words that have been provoking some people and I came to tell you if you've made a commitment that God is going to help you God is going to strengthen you God is going to take you through it if you will trust him if you will obey him if you will believe him if you will continue to walk with him I know it's hard sometimes I know you may have to cry I know how you may have to be on your face but it will be worth it it will come to pass if you believe it why don't you give the Lord praise why don't you bless him he's here with help in the room today for some people who have made a commitment you're going to make it through you're going to make it through God bless you in Jesus' name.